pregnancy and postpartum questions. I'm your host, Monique Maitland, qualified midwife and nurse, founder of the Midi Society, and someone who is about to become your personal in-pocket midwife and virtual best friend. The Midi Society is a community-based platform where we interview leading healthcare professionals, new mummers, and everyday people who share with us their experiences and reveal what they wish they knew before becoming a parent. So buckle up for this crazy and exciting ride. I'll be talking all things tits, bits, spew and poo. Alright, let's get started. Today's episode is proudly brought to you by Training With Mates, your local supportive fitness community that strengthens health, performance and lifestyle goals through expert coaching, fun and mateship. Exercising whilst pregnant can be a little bit daunting, with most of us not knowing what we actually can and can't do. But with Training With Mates active mum classes, personalised programs and extensive knowledge about safe exercise in pregnancy, they can help you best navigate staying fit and healthy during pregnancy and in the postpartum period. Hello everyone and welcome back to another educational episode from MIDI. Well, this morning Melbourne announced that its lockdown has extended, surprise, surprise, which I know is probably going to hit hard to a lot of people, um, but I really hope that this is it for Melbourne and once these two weeks are over and done with, we'll be back to our normal, well, not straight away, but hopefully soon we'll have somewhat of a normal life again. So I hope you're all staying really positive and looking after yourself. Um, Last week's episode with Lizzie, we actually highlighted just how tough this pandemic has been for parents. And I really hope that it has helped you feel not so alone navigating this crazy journey into parenthood during the pandemic. But I also hope that it has just reassured you and validated that those mixed emotions that you are either experiencing or have experienced about your pregnancy and birth journey are normal. So I'm just sending you a big virtual hug for all those women that are navigating parenthood during this tough time. Um, But yeah, hopefully staying super positive that it will all be back to normal soon. Anyway, enough about lockdowns because I feel like that's all there is on social media and the news these days. So I will fill you in on my life. I'm currently sick, if you can't tell through the microphone. So if I apologize if I'm sounding a bit funny, but I've been battling tonsillitis and a cold for weeks now and my immunity is just really struggling. So I apologize for any voice breaking throughout this episode but I will try my best. Um, In terms of my work life, work's been really good. I've started a new rotation in the nursery which I mentioned previously and I am absolutely loving it already. It's just so nice to have that little bit more time with parents and their babies and yeah so far so good. Um, On a sadder note, my little dog Tom, he passed away two weeks ago And it has just been so, so, so extremely tough in the lockdowns without him. He really was my life and I feel like I owe it to him to shout out him on this podcast because really he sat next to me for hours and hours and hours whilst I created this platform 
and yeah, just kept me company through those days where I was hustling away. But I miss him so, so much. And yeah, it's a bit of a downer, but I just needed to mention it. Okay. Anyway, enough about that and more about what this educational episode is about. So last mini education episode was about when you should come in to be monitored during your pregnancy. So I thought it would be fitting to follow on with this theme and discuss when you might find yourself being monitored during labor. Okay, so first of all, the main question is how do we monitor the baby during labor? During labor, your baby will be monitored either intermittently or continuously. There's three different types of monitoring. Auscultation via Doppler ultrasound, which is intermittently, or continuously via a CTG or a fetal scalp electrode. I think the next question that you guys will want to know is, how will you know if you're required to have continuous monitoring or if you can be intermittently monitored during labor? And simply putting it, you won't have a choice over this. It will be your health professionals that will decide and they have to take in a lot of different considerations. Basically, every hospital has their own policies and procedures. So this can vary from hospital to hospital, but there are strict indications to be continuously monitored. And if you meet those indications, then you'll find yourself having continuous monitoring like the CTG on for the entirety of the labor. In the last educational episode from MIDI, I touched on the CTG. So for more of a thorough explanation, please give that a listen. Um, but in a snapshot, it's a it's basically a way of continuously monitoring fetal well-being and uterine activity. Okay, so what are some of these indications that will find yourself having a CTG on you during labor? Now, there are quite a few. I constantly feel like majority of women that I look after have a CTG on. So bear with me as we go through them all. Um, But it's just a good idea to have some sort of understanding in case you never realize that you might have to be monitored. Before we get into it, I think it's worthwhile me mentioning that sometimes you will already know that you need to be monitored, but sometimes there's events that will occur throughout the labor that will require you to be monitored. So you may not have it on for the entirety of the labor, but as soon as it's indicated for monitoring to occur, it will stay on from that point until the birth of the baby. Okay, so the main reason why I would see women being monitored during labor is for induction of labor. Now, if you're not sure what induction means, basically we bring on your labor via a synthetic hormone that replicates oxytocin, which brings on your contractions. As we are artificially starting your labor, we need to make sure that the baby is coping well in the uterus and that you're not contracting too often or not enough. So your monitor stays on you for the entire time of that process just to make sure that both you and your baby are coping with the labor okay. Similar to induction of labor, another reason why you might find yourself being monitored is augmentation of labor. So augmentation refers to an intervention that increases the rate of the progress of spontaneous labor. 
This is done by using the same hormone we use for inductions, referred to as syntocinon, to help strengthen uterine activity. So it's the same thing again as to why we need the CTG, but basically to make sure that both you and your baby are coping with the progression of labor. The next main indication of a CTG that I see would be women having an epidural. So as soon as you request an epidural, we need to put a CTG on you and that's because the epidural can actually interfere with the baby's heart rate so sometimes babies can drop their heart rate once the epidural is inserted so basically we just have it on to make sure that we have a good baseline of how the baby is prior to the epidural but also so that we can see how they are tolerating that epidural. Another indication would be um, if we identify that there's any abnormal vaginal bleeding in labour you will require the CTG to be put on. Throughout the labour, your midwife will be continuously doing your observations, so like your blood pressure, your heart rate, your temperature, for example. And if we identify that your temperature has increased greater than or usually equal to 38 degrees, that may indicate some sort of obstruction in labour or any sort of maternal infection. So then we require the CTG to be put on. Next, if we notice any meconium or blood-stained lycor, so lycor is the amniotic fluid um, that is around baby, we just call it lycor. Um, If we notice that Bubs has done a poo in the water, that usually indicates that there might be some sort of fetal distress. So then we put the monitor on and that will continue on until the baby is birthed. Another main indication of why you will need to be monitored is preterm labour. So we classify preterm labor than less than 37 completed weeks. So if you're 36 and nine weeks, you will require a CTG. So anything before 37 completed weeks of pregnancy, you'll find yourself being monitored with a CTG. Next, you will find yourself with a CTG on if your labor, once we've diagnosed it, has gone for more than 12 hours. And the reason behind this is because labor is hard work, as all you women who have had babies before know. But your baby actually does get tired with you. It's quite a lot of work for them as well. So the indication and reason why would be to make sure that they are still coping with the labor okay. Similar to this, when you are pushing your baby, it is also very very tiring for both you and your baby so if you have been pushing so an active second stage is referred to as the pushing stage for more than one hour where the birth is not imminent we will put a CTG on to also make sure that the baby is coping with the pushing adequately. Another reason why you might find yourself being monitored is if you are contracting too often. So if you're contracting frequently by yourself, usually more than five active labor contractions in 10 minutes, this can make the baby get extremely tired as every time your uterus contracts, if you imagine it, your uterus is contracting and pushing down on the baby and those vessels that supply the baby with blood and oxygen get constricted so if you're having too many of them then the baby doesn't actually get that rest period which they need to increase their oxygenation stores so if we notice that you're contracting 
we call it tachysystole. So five contractions in 10 minutes, we will have to put the monitor on you. As well as this, there is also another term that midwives refer to, and you don't have to note this down, but uterine hypertonus, which is contractions which last more than two minutes and which occur within 60 seconds of each other. So if we also identify this, then we will have to put the monitor on as well. Other reasons why you might find yourself with a CTG um, are gestational diabetes. So if you've been identified to have gestational diabetes, you will have to have the monitor on. Same with if you have hypertension or you've been diagnosed with preeclampsia, then we will have to have the monitor on you. As well as if you are post-dates, so if you're still pregnant by like 41 and 6 weeks, we usually put a CTG on you. But like I said, every hospital has different policies. So you will just have to check with um, your hospital provider about that. But also you will require a CTG if there has been any abnormality with your fetus detected antenatally that might require monitoring. So any cardiac abnormalities. Also, if you have twins, you would certainly require a CTG to make sure that both those twins are coping with labor as it's a high risk pregnancy. And if you have a high BMI, so if you meet that criteria you also require a ctg and sometimes even maternal age some hospitals will base whether or not the woman requires a ctg via her age so usually anywhere above 40 years old we might consider putting a ctg on but like i said please 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 speak to your healthcare professionals as everyone in every hospital is different Now, all these indications that I have gone through about why you might need to be monitored are the basic ones. There are more, so I haven't covered everything, but they are the most likely reasons why you will find yourself being monitored. As I mentioned earlier, there are ways that we monitor in labor and that was via auscultation CTG or a fetal scalp clip. So I think I'll just explain that a little bit more. So auscultation is basically what we do for anyone who walks in who doesn't meet anything that I said before. So your spontaneous laborers who have come in with minimal risk factors. And basically what we do is we monitor the fetal heart via a Doppler. So that's the thing that if you've been pregnant before and have gone to your antenatal appointments, it's a handheld device and basically it's just a little ultrasound which gives the baby's heart rate. So we do that for every 30 minutes throughout the progression of labor and then more frequently when you start pushing. So if we identify that the baby's heart rate is slow to return and it's not meeting the criteria that we would want, then we may have to put a CTG on you. So just be aware that that might occur if we notice any um, variance to the normal. Now, a term that might be new to you that I've mentioned today is a fetal scalp electrode, or it's also referred to as a fetal scalp clip or FSC. And this is basically another way that we continuously monitor the baby. But instead of the CTG being external, so I mentioned in the last episode that there's two devices that are placed on the mother's abdomen and one measures the uterine activity and one measures the fetal heart rate. So the fetal scalp clip works with the one that measures the uterine activity, but the actual clip itself is internal. So the reason why you might find yourself 
requiring a fetal scalp clip is if we can't get a satisfactory CTG traced via the abdominal transducer. So the one that sits externally on the mother's abdomen. Now, monitoring in labor can be extremely difficult for the midwife. And I constantly, constantly, constantly battle with these monitors. If you've had a baby before, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. And if you're required to be monitored, how often the midwives will be touching your tummy, adjusting either the ultrasound for the heart rate or the abdominal um, toco that measures the uterine activity. Basically, when you have a monitor on, we need to make sure that it's picking up perfectly the entire time because if it's constantly flicking on and off and on and off, then we don't have an accurate representation of what the baby's heart rate is actually doing. When a woman is super active in labor, it can be extremely difficult to monitor the fetal heart rate and obviously being active in labor is something that midwives advocate a hundred percent but due to just the way that the CTG is designed it sometimes can be really tricky and it just is basically on the way that the ultrasound is positioned on the abdomen will pick up the fetal heart rate so if you're constantly moving around and standing up getting down it changes that way that we pick up the heart rate and it's really hard for a woman to be active because sometimes we find ourselves actually having to get them to stop moving and get back into the bed so that we can accurately make sure that we are monitoring the fetal heart rate and this doesn't happen with all women in labor sometimes we can get an external ctg perfectly the entire time but sometimes just the way that the baby's positioned in the abdomen it can be quite challenging so that's when we would definitely advocate for a fetal scalp clip as it just gives the woman more freedom to be able to move around and prevents us from intervening in in terms of constantly adjusting the monitor and touching the woman's belly so that's when I would really indicate it Um, another reason why we might need it is if during the pushing stage sometimes when the baby gets so low into the pelvis it's really hard to also monitor the fetal heart rate and as I mentioned previously babies get tired in the pushing stage so if we're not accurately picking up the baby's heart rate during that we can't actually um work out how well the baby is coping at that point so then we would also recommend putting the fetal scalp clip on in saying this sometimes there are events in pregnancies where the baby may drop their heart rate and if this is occurring then we usually would advocate for a fetal scalp clip to be put on During labor, the baby's heart rate and the mum's heart rate can be similar sometimes. So it's really, really important that we're 100% certain that we're picking up the fetal heart rate and not the mother's heart rate as the way that we interpret the CTG will decide our management for the progression of labor. In saying this, if we notice that your baby's heart rate has just dropped, it is actually quite a big emergency. We call this a fetal bradycardia. If we do identify a fetal bradycardia, applying a fetal scalp clip is usually our first line of management. And I'm just saying this so that you're all aware that things can happen quite quickly to get that fetal scalp clip on. So I'm just going to explain how we actually apply the scalp clip. As I mentioned, it is an internal device, so it needs to be put on via a vaginal examination. And 
like every vaginal examination, it does require consent. So always know that you have a choice in this matter, whether or not to have the fetal scalp clip put on or to not. And it is totally up to you with good discussion with your medical team. Once you have consented to a fetal scalp clip, we perform a vaginal examination to try and work out the position of the baby to make sure that we apply this scalp clip safely and correctly. It can be really scary hearing that this device needs to be placed on your baby's scalp, but just know that it is very, very superficial and it is very shallow in their skin and as soon as the baby is born, we just take it off straight away. It can be a little bit uncomfortable when it is applied as it is through a vaginal examination as I have mentioned, but it doesn't take long and it's very similar to any previous vaginal examinations that you will have. We do not put fetal scalp clips on if we don't think it is medically indicated. So just be reassured that your medical team will not be promoting it if they do not think it is necessary. Once a fetal scalp clip is applied, the lead that is connected to the part on the baby's scalp will protrude out of the vagina and it will be clipped onto your leg. That sounds very scary, I know, but it is only super thin and I promise you, you will hardly notice it. I think that's enough about the fetal scalp clip. Now I'm going to answer some of the most common questions that I hear about monitoring in labor. I think the main questions that we get about continuous monitoring in labor is one, can you still move around? So the fetal scalp clip is actually wireless, same with the CTG. So you can move around and you can still do everything. But as I mentioned previously, sometimes your midwife will have to stop you from moving to make sure that we're getting a trace accurately. But also these wireless devices do run on batteries. So sometimes if they get empty, then you may have to be reconnected to the CTG via the leads and you won't be able to move freely, but you still will have some length. And as soon as those monitors are charged again, we'll swap them over and you can still get up and move around. The next question would be whether or not you can still get into the water with either a CTG or a scalp clip in situ. Now, I just need to reiterate that every single hospital has a different policy. Some hospitals will allow women to get into the bath with a CTG on, whereas other hospitals may not. So please have that discussion with your own healthcare professionals. But the CTG is actually waterproof, so you will be able to um, go in the shower, so be reassured by that. Same with the fetal scalp clip. You can also go into the shower, but you are not able to go into the bath. But once again, please check with your healthcare providers because every hospital has their own different policies and procedures. That concludes today's educational episode of MIDI. I just want to reiterate to everyone that this episode is educational purposes only and it is not any medical advice. So please have conversations with your own healthcare providers if you feel like you need to do so. I hope that this episode provided you with some insightful knowledge of the reasons why you might need to be monitored throughout your labor and birth, but also the ways that we do this. I will be back with some more MIDI education soon, but in the meantime, I hope you all stay safe and remember, keep being positive because I promise you things will get better. I'm sending all of you a really big virtual hug and I look forward to speaking with you soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode of MIDI. 
Your support means the absolute world to me. So if you loved this episode and want to stay up to date with the latest interviews and midwifery education, please hit the subscribe button and leave a five-star review. For further information about this episode, please check the show notes below. If you wish to share your pregnancy and motherhood experience, you can get in touch with me by emailing hello at themidisociety.com.au and find us on Instagram at at themidisociety or at Monique underscore Maitland. I cannot wait for you to join me next week. I'll be talking all things flap chat. In the meantime, I hope you have an amazing week and remember you're doing the best you can. Love.